guys, welcome to Sports Stands with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and <laughs> with, me as, with me as always. Yeah, this is this is actually a take three. A little peek behind the curtain here. Um, but James is having a rough day. Yeah, James is having a rough morning. Um, but with me as always is the founder, co-creator, um, or only creator, we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like God, I'm the only one that's created this thing. <laughs> of the Sports Dance Podcast. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. I do, and the guys, good morning. Hope you all had a good weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all those moms that were out there. Happy belated Mother's Day, yeah, yeah. to all the moms listening. Hopefully uh, nobody was too hungover, like we said not to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sunday morning, Mother's Day brunch, you want to make sure that you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Happy um, mimosas there. <laughs> mimosas. That's my favorite part about Mother's Day. It's mimosas. My favorite part about brunch. Any any like event where you can kind of drink during the day. I think I'm a big day drinking kind of guy. Yeah. That's for the mimosas, Mother's Day, Kentucky Derby, drink, Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, it's exactly. not during the day, but you, you drink during the day. I can drink during the day, yeah. I mean, isn't every weekend a possible drink during the day weekend? It's. I mean, hey, it's it's Monday today. Yeah. I, I, I can do, you know, whatever. What am I doing? We're not working. Yeah, exactly. We're doing this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, before we get into it, man, what's going on? Anything new with you? Not too much going on. Just uh, hanging out, watching how, sports over the weekend. How was your Mother's Day? It was good. Got to see my wife's mom. Uh, went out to see them. And then uh, later that day, my mom was up from New Jersey. Hey, there you go. Got to see her too. First time in a while that my brother and her saw, on, saw her on the same day for Mother's Day. Good, man. Good. Good to hear. What about you? Yeah, everything's going well. Mother is uh, good to go. She's uh, seeing her tonight, actually. Um, having dinner with the rents. Um, nice. Couldn't make it out yesterday, so I got to go make up for it. And what should I? What do you? What did you get your mom for Mother's Day? Uh, we got a blue apron. Blue apron. It's the website yeah, where you like yeah, order yeah. the food. So she's selling our house, and uh, my brother and I were like, "You don't need to cook. Let's it's just get meals easier." Yeah, yeah. So we got our month worth. Huh, no way. Yeah. I was gonna. That's get... blue apron. You're listening. <laughs> yeah, they're about to get a nice little quick plug. Um, okay, interesting. I was gonna go get her like some of those like you know convenience store candies that you get at the front shelf. Um, like... If she likes those, that would probably be. <laughs> my mom just wanted a card to be honest, but my brother was like, "We need to do more." Yeah, you went way above them. Just kidding, there. mom. I love you. <laughs> there we go. Cool. Okay, man. Well, we got a couple things to talk about today, uh, so we can really kind of get into it. Um, we thought we'd start with a little recap of the Kentucky Derby because we did talk about it a little bit um, last week. Um, I mean, it, it, there's only so much we can talk about with the greatest two minutes in sports, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that much to talk about. What we what we thought was going to happen did happen. Nyquist came in, yep. stayed at the head of the pack for the most part of the race, and then finished taking it home. Yeah, uh, gun Gunrunner did not show up the way that I was hoping he would. Yeah, no. Uh, so not a lot there. Exaggerator um, really made a nice push towards yeah. the end there. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, I saw a lot of... Uh, you know, they showed a lot of recaps of prior races with the two of them going at it. And every time, Exaggerator's right there with Nyquist. So it's just a matter of if that horse loses one step or just stumbles a little bit, Exaggerator could actually be the one that pulls out the Preakness or the Belmont. Yeah, that's what competes. that's the next one, the Preakness. Yeah, the Preakness is up next. So Nyquist is undefeated so yeah, far. Yeah, he's 8-0. 8-0 with a Kentucky Derby win. Yeah. Um, doesn't, doesn't seem like he has a major challenger right now. No, his jockey apparently though has only ever competed in two Kentucky Derbies and has won both. Really? Yeah. And they were like four years apart. Huh. It's interesting. Found that interesting. Well, what would, well, I think what would be the craziest thing, and this is getting way ahead of ourselves because there's two more races to go, but if we can do back to back triple crown winners, that would be crazy. Pharaoh and then Nyquist. That would be pretty interesting. That would be, I mean, they, they say he has a good chance. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, they always say that about these horses, right? Like the heavy favorites of the Kentucky yeah. Derby always have a good chance, but you know. But maybe they see something special in this horse again. Yeah, I mean, horse racing is like I, I feel like it's just there's such flash in the pans that as soon as you like. As soon as they lose the one race, it feels like it's totally over. <laughs> yeah. It's like the world's crashing down on everybody. Yeah, exactly. But uh, congratulations to Nyquist yeah. and, you know, the owners and the jockey and all that kind of stuff. Except that might not have even been the most, like, exhilarating thing of yeah, the Yeah, so you watch you – the, you're the weird guy that watches, like, the, the no. races beforehand. There was one race beforehand <laughs> that the, I saw. You're the weirdo that watches those it ones. It was, like, some race. It was on the grass. It was for half a million dollars. It was right before the derby. It was, like, the hour before it. Cool half mil. Yeah, cool half mil. But the most – it's terrible to say, but the most exciting thing about it was two horses flipped. Like, they stumbled over each other. Yeah. Fell to the ground. Their jockeys went flying, one into the grass, one into the bushes. Yeah. Which was just the whole point. I was watching it with my wife's family, and all they could say was, is the horse all right? Yeah. The horses got up and ran away and just were like, okay, we're cool. Meanwhile, the jockey's on the ground, like, not moving. So we were, I was like, he might be paralyzed. Like, but is the horse okay? Right. We don't want the glue factory to get those those horses. Oh, God. <laughs> we all know that. We all know those stories. Oh, let's just take the horse with the broken leg to this factory. Yeah. Well, I think they, uh, I think a couple horses crashing into each other and then falling over all over themselves is a great metaphorical representation of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Kentucky Derby. Do you have any yeah. other thoughts on the Kentucky Derby? No, except... Uh, the hats I, look great. The hat looks great. I loved the, the national anthem because it just started downpouring while it was going on. Oh, really? And everybody in their nice pastels and everything withstood it, didn't run. They all stood out there with their drinks in their hand and just took it. Yeah. And the rain was flowing down on everybody. Everybody got nice and wet. I don't think that anybody could actually feel their face at that point. No, probably not. <laughs> Except it did make me think all of a sudden about the Seinfeld episode where Kramer's like, his mother's a mutter. His mother's a mutter. His father's a mutter. His father's a mutter. <laughs> and I was like, I hope Nyquist is a mutter because that would just really work out well for him today. Yeah, really. I hope Nyquist has TBS watch some reruns. Yeah. <laughs> some great moments. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so Kentucky Derby, uh, a wild success. The 142nd running of it, I believe. Um, the greatest two-minute in sports. That they, that, that's their hashtag or their brand. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so until next year, this, they already have a countdown on the website, 357 days left until yeah. the next one. I'm excited. Yeah. Maybe we'll go next year. Maybe. Live from the Kentucky Live Derby. Live from the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Um, I also um, – We are accepting private jets. Yeah, exactly. I also, um, I also misspoke on the last podcast about the uh, article that I wanted to read. It was not Fear and Loathing at the Kentucky Derby. It's called The Kentucky Derby is Decadent and Depraved, which is even better. Yeah, that makes it sound <laughs> even worse. Yeah, so Hunter S. Thompson, Kentucky Der- Derby is Decadent and Depraved. If you're looking for a good read, if you like Hunter S. Thompson's work, or if you just kind of like uh, counterculture writing in general, he's a good one to follow. All right. Cool. All right. So next up, we wanted to kind of uh, uh, recap some NBA stuff. It has not been that long since we kind of convened for our last podcast, but no, a lot but has happened. A lot has gone down. Yeah, 100%. So right now, um, as we speak today on Monday, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers finished their sweep of the Atlanta Hawks to reach the Eastern Conference Finals for the second year in a row. 199. I was like, wow, Hawks almost pulled that out to just extend it just one more game. Almost pulled it out. It was a really exciting game. Uh, came down to a jump ball between LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder at the end, um, which, I mean... That's just not fair, right? That's just, that's just, that just kind of describes the whole series right there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, like I almost wanted to turn it off as soon as they said jump ball right there. I was like, oh, so it is over. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. The, only, the crazy thing about this that whole Cavs run so far, though, is I heard this morning that the starting five of uh, LeBron, Kyrie, Love, Smith, and Tristan Thompson 
have a plus 63 or 64 while they're on the court together, which is double basically the next best five grouping of five guys on a court at a time. Right. It's just showing the type of run they're having so far in this playoffs. Yeah, they're doing they're doing very well. Um, you know, Kyrie is really showing something. Kyrie has really turned it on this playoffs. K-Love um, has turned it on. K-Love had a game. K-Love had a good game. Yeah. Um, he's still kind of that third option where he's going he's gonna to show up every once in a while. He'll get the rebound, though. Sort of, yeah. Tristan Thompson gets more rebounds than that guy, but I don't know. That's I, what he's I, paid for. I still just don't really see exactly where Kevin Love's going to fit in. Um, and there are also times where he just looks like he's just getting pushed around. There was a couple of those Al Horford vines that you put him on a poster twice. He crossed yeah. him over, and then he that crossover uh, was pretty bad. <laughs> and then he dunked on his face. And it I mean, was he, cro- like, he got crossed over. Love fell to his knees and kind of looked at the floor like, "What are you doing to me, floor? Yeah, that was all your fault. That wasn't me. That was the floor's fault." He's just ah, he, sometimes he's just such a little baby, and I just can't get over it. Like, yeah, it makes it perfect for why he's the pre. pre- Prepubescent teenager on those commercials. Yeah, I guess so, right? Well, okay, well, anyway, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers going to the Eastern Conference playoffs. Their opponent will either be the uh, Toronto Raptors or the Miami Heat. Now, I basically wrote the Raptors off um, I the think last a mo- time. A lot of people kind a of, lot of time, A lot of people did. I wrote the Raptors off, and they're currently up 2 1 in the series. Um, yeah, they made a bit of a push. But, man, this is just, like, such a boring series. Um, Jonas Valanciunas is out for the rest of the, uh, the series or maybe the, the playoffs. Series. At least right now they're saying the series. The series. So he's out, and he's, you know, an 18 and 18 and 8 kind of guy. Yeah, he's got pretty 19, 19 and doubles. 10 kind of thing, yeah. So he's one of their main cogs in that Raptors lineup. And now to turn into Biombo. Bismack Biombo, Michael Jordan's nightmarish pick when he was still the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, yeah, he's play, he played well for the Raptors this year. In yeah, the absence of he's not doing bad. He's not doing bad. Um, and then uh, the Heat have lost Hassan Whiteside, or at least he's day to day right now. Yeah, the Giants have gone down in this series. Yeah, the big guys, and it's just like, what what are we watching here? Like, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah what Whiteside out with the MCL sprain, which yeah. is like basically what happened to Curry. We don't know what the grade is, so we don't know the severity. Yeah, there's some people saying he could potentially paint play if he gets past the pain right but most are saying the pain is pretty significant is what he's describing i don't i don't think you chance it about he's curry get, no about white side white side yeah he's got a contract coming up yeah so he wants to make that money he doesn't want to go out and have a knee issue happen hassan white side is the definition of someone who it kind of it, it, he he's his play on the court and what he actually brings is more than the numbers that he puts up because whenever he's on the court he looks like a freak of nature that's just yeah. like he looks like one of the best players in the NBA when he plays in this oh, series. Oh, no doubt. And then, you know, he goes out and it looks at his line. It's like he's 12 and 10. You know, it's not like he's lighting it up exactly. No, but, but then you look at it and you see the blocks and it's like blocks, six or seven blocks. Yeah, that's exactly. That's huge difference. The one thing that Whiteside does, and that's what all these young centers do now, and uh, it's not helping anybody, is um, he likes to swat it. He likes to literally put the ball in like the eighth row yeah. of the stands. And that's like – It's great. Show. It's great for sports center. But it's so much more effective if you can either catch it or like tip it to a teammate and start yeah. a fast break. But what's what's the point in that? It's not exciting. <laughs> yeah, right. What's Who wants a, to watch that? Yeah, well, we're already having a hard enough time in this series watching it. It's brutal, man. I mean, watching it's, Kyle Lowry shoot over Dwayne Wade, it's like yeah, it just looks like a big basketball game. Hey, can we, can we watch a bunch of people miss mid-range jump shots. That'd be amazing. I mean, the score-wise, it has just been pathetic. Yeah. So the uh, Raptors are up two to one. But the ones that we really wanted to talk about this week are the obviously most interesting ones. We have Golden State uh, leading the Trailblazers 2-1. to one. 
Um, the Trailblazers finally pulled one out. Yeah, Lillard dropped 40, and that's basically what helped them push it over. So it's really fun watching uh, the Trailblazers play, um, partly because, like, so they beat they did beat Golden State this year. Yeah, they had a win against Golden State, and it was a, it was a it was a commanding win. It was a commanding win, but it was also just in general a high high score game. It was like one thirty something to one eight one oh eight. Exactly. Like so it's like they they have the they have the um, the confidence to get it done. They have um, the firepower. They have the firepower with McCullen and uh, and Lillard. And watching them play, they almost feel like, uh, and I'm, you know, it, it's going to be funny to say this, but they feel like a Golden State light almost. They, yeah. They've got they, they've got the Splash Brothers in the backcourt. They've got Lillard McCullen. So Lillard plays the Steph Curry role where he'll do a lot of the distributing, but he'll also he has a lot of those step back and pull up threes. Yeah, he does. You know, can't hit it to the degree that Steph can hit him. No, I don't think anybody can. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> that's that's uh, really a hot take there. But he can he can play that Steph Curry role. Um, you know, C.J. McCollum plays that Clay Thompson role again, not as well as Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson had like thirty-eight points, or I think he yeah, might have I mean, been even he hit was, forty. Uh, yeah, he was up there, but I don't know. Something. Lillard yeah. was a high at forty. Lillard was a high at forty. Clay Thompson had thirty-seven. Draymond had thirty-seven, uh, and then a bunch of assists. But uh, again, he's coming back, baby. He's yeah. coming back for another uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Al Farouk Aminu. Al Farouk Aminu is basically a Draymond. Is light. basically a Draymond light. He's a little like smaller, also. A little bit, yeah. He's not. He doesn't have that thickness no, that Draymond's got. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't, um, the, he doesn't have the attitude either. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think he's got the attitude. Not many guys have that, that attitude. He had that one massive and one dunk. Um, that's basically been a Sports Center highlight since it happened. But so they uh, we're going back to Portland for one more game in this uh, in here for uh, you know in this on this stretch. So it's two to one, Golden State Trailblazers. Now what happens? Do we do we continue to have Steph Curry out? That's uh, the question. He's gonna be out. He's gonna be out game four. You think he's gonna be out game four too? Not I even. Mean, not even gonna bother. No, because Kerr. I mean, Kerr basically said it on Friday or Saturday, whenever he rolled him out, saying for us to feel comfortable bringing Steph back, he has to practice. He has to scrimmage a little bit. He has to show that he can make the moves that Steph's used to making. If he can't do that, we're not gonna play him because they're not gonna chance it. They feel confident enough in the rest of their team that they're gonna be able to just potentially get past Trailblazers. It may take an extra game or two. But they feel confident enough that they'll get to the Western Conference Finals potentially without Steph, and that way he can come back fully healthy. He might be a little out of rhythm those first few games, but why risk your star player if right now you still have a series lead? Maybe, maybe if it gets to game five or six and it's you're up 3-2 and you just want to get done with it because, you know, Spurs and Thunders, you're hoping to maybe get an extra day of rest or two off of one of them. Also get Curry some reps yeah, before that series get some as reps well. before that. Yeah, the one thing that I'll say is that this is interesting to me because this is the first game in a long time um, where Golden State lost despite its best efforts. Like, I realize that, you know, um, they don't have Curry, right? Like, they're not at 100%. But, you know, Draymond puts up 37. Clay puts up uh, either 38 or 40. Now I can't remember. Um, the main guys that's supposed to show up showed up and did what they had to do, yeah. and they lost anyway. It's just one of those games. All it's the guys one of those things where it's finally like, had an off game. Exactly, but it's like it's not even just that. It's like you, you, you know, Golden State has for so long. Even when they haven't had a hundred percent, they still kind of pull it out just from sheer talent and being the better team. And in what? this case, yeah. And in this case, the best player on the court last night, or a couple nights ago. Was Damian Lillard? Yeah, and that's and rightfully so. He yeah. should be the best player on the court right now. And that's, steps out, he should be the next. He should guy. be the best player. And he came out and he had a great game. He did, and he led the team to to an awesome victory. So 
Being this, in Portland, I think, helps. That crowd is its one of the hardest crowds to deal with, I think, actually, in the NBA. The, they get so loud. The Western Conference Series crowds right now are just, like, head and shoulders above the Eastern Conference well, I mean, you go right to the now. Heat game, half the, half the arena's empty because yeah. people are like, exactly. oh, is the first quarter over? We'll show up. Yeah, and then Toronto is basically Drake and the rest of them. <laughs> um, but so they the get Western, hyped up because they're just not used to success. Yeah, fair enough. But anyway, so that's a really interesting series. We're coming back to Portland. So 2-1 Golden State Warriors. I still think the Warriors pull it out. I really don't think that we're going to see Curry until Game Five or Six as well. But I'm thinking Game Six if it gets there. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, the, the other series that is you know by far the most interesting as we sit here today is uh, Oklahoma City San Antonio. That's such an exciting series to watch. So we are all tied up. Um, so you know split split one uh, one in each city. Um, San Antonio won the first game on each city, and then uh, Oklahoma City came back and won the second game. Um, so they've been trading blows. Um, it's a really, really interesting series here. Um, Kevin Durant has gone off, um, you know, dropping 41. About time he had a big game in the series. So it's really interesting because, uh, I, I think that these teams are just so evenly matched. It's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of the, of the series where it's just, it's tough to match up with these guys if you're the Spurs, just because two superstars are, are greater than one, and that's kind of what they have in terms of they, ha- they have two superstars with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, and you got to try to combat that with Kawhi Leonard. You know, um, LaMarcus is going to ha- you know continue to carry them offensively as much as he possibly can. He's been having a hell of a series. He's been having a hell of a series, but you gotta, you got to stop him somehow, and Danny Green is just not cutting it. So Kawhi Leonard, you know, to- has been taking out Westbrook pretty easily on those drives. Um, but Kevin Durant, man, he, he just kind of dug deep. He got a lot of points in the fourth quarter. He did it for his mama. He did it for his mama. She finally made it to a playoff game, and he said he had to put on a show. There you go. Yeah, 100%. The other thing that contributed to the Oklahoma City pulling it out, we watched the game literally last night, Yeah. Um, was LaMarcus and Kawhi were both were combined 0 for 9 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think what they got a pair of free throws. Oh, they're one, like one point. They yeah. had one point between them. Yeah. Um, and that's just not going to get it done. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't help me on FanDuel. <laughs> yeah. I made some money still, but that, that didn't help me. Fourth quarter in Oklahoma City, you got you to gotta kind of... Your, your star's got to step up. Yeah, that's an electric building. So David West should not on. be taking three-pointers. No, absolutely not. Um, the one thing that is still bothering me about this Oklahoma City series is it just feels like there's a lot of times in this series where... Oklahoma City does not have an offense other than give the ball to Westbrook, have him drive into eight guys, and then hope that something happens, either a foul or a kick out. Um, he is leading the NBA in assists in this playoffs. Yeah, he had, he had a lot of assists last night. I think he got 14. Yeah, he had he, eight in the first half. Yeah, he said before the game, because apparently after the last game, there was some talk about him being too selfish with the ball. Right. And uh, he came out and basically said, I'm going to not be selfish. I'm going to make sure my teammates get involved. And he made sure he did that. He made he came out early and quick and made sure everybody was getting involved pretty fast down there, especially Adams. He had a nice few uh, dishes to Adams off of pick-and-roll type plays. Yeah, Adams and Westbrook pick-and-roll has done really well because basically they send everybody at Westbrook. They'll yeah. send two defenders and help at Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one thing that I think is really cool about NBA Vine culture is I, I really have – felt a renaissance here in the highlight pass oh yeah there's a lot of highlights on there that are yeah, pretty awesome yeah exactly it feels like these nba players now uh, realize that you know even like the like the basketball play or the basketball fans on twitter and vine and instagram are smart enough now where yeah. if you're gonna make a highlight pass it's gonna be as appreciated as like a highlight dunk in a way yep 
Um, so that's pretty cool. Westbrook kind of coming out, you know, getting people involved. That's good to see. Um, Durant putting up superstar numbers in the fourth quarter. That's interesting to see. And two to two, going to uh, going back to San Antonio for Game Five. Um, that's really compelling. It is. It's, I mean, it's getting exciting. It's one of those series that you kind of just don't want to end. Every game, there's something happening. You're kind of like last night. I actually thought with like four or five minutes left. Oh, here we go. It's going to come down to the wire again. Then Kevin Durant just was like, you know what? We're going to end this now and just went off on like a run by himself. Yeah, that's finally like the, what I kind of want to see out of Kevin Durant. I think every basketball fan is kind of waiting. Like, you know, if you go back to 2012, right, or 2011 or 2012, if you told me by 2016 that Kevin Durant wouldn't, wouldn't have played in another finals. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be kind of surprised. Yeah, like that's that, – it's, it's he's – He's the superstar. He's the second, arguably the second or third best player in the NBA. He's yeah. been totally eclipsed by Steph Curry now. Oh, yeah. Well, imagine you told people then that Steph Curry was going to be better than Kevin Durant. Yeah. It, he was just, just out of college or just like a few a year or two in the league. So I, I kind of needed to see this from Durant where it's like, hey, this is a game that you need to win. You're game four. You're at, you're at home. It's against the Spurs, who you've really kind of never been able to get over the hump on. You don't you know, want to go back to San Antonio down 3-1. No, so you need to come out and do what you need to do. You need to do superstar things, and he did superstar he things. He did. He did more than superstar things. So that's one game, though. So we need to make sure that, you know, we need, we need to see him do it sustainably. Yeah, he needs to keep it up on a high level for the next two, three games. Like, this is this is a legacy kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, this is, this is the legacy series, or at least this is the legacy playoffs for him, like, we got to start considering what his place is in history. Yeah, especially against a team like the Spurs because it's full of guys that are going to be going potentially into the Hall of Fame. You have at least two or three that you can think that are probably going to end up there. And you also have, you know, but you're also better than all the players on the Spurs, you know, yeah. like if you're Kevin Durant. You're, Offensively you're, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But you're the most talented player out on the floor. Yeah. Make it happen, you know. Russ is pretty close, but scoring-wise, nobody can do it like KD does. No, he's a he's seven-footer who moves like a guard. So, I mean, there's just no, no one else like him. Um, so, I'm really interested to see what happens in that series. I think that whoever wins this next Game 3, as is always with Game uh, I mean, excuse me, Game 5, as is always with Game 5s, will probably end up taking it. Yeah, it usually gives – you got two chances then after that it, most to finish it off, and you yeah, usually do. It, it really is going to be pretty difficult. I, I can still really – uh, pretty clearly envision a place where the Spurs are, are going to win this series. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to stick by my original prediction. I think OKC pulls it out. I'd much rather see OKC versus Golden State, um, just from the sheer level of, you know, superstar potential. I like, I really like basketball narratives. Yeah. So superstars going against superstars for legacy series, like the things you can look back on. I'm going to have to stick with the Spurs though, because yeah. I like you. I want to see that narrative, but seeing the top two teams that have, I mean. Golden State had this record year, winning 73. Yeah. And then you look at it and you're like, the Spurs were only a few games behind them. It wasn't that far off. And for the most part of the season, people are like, you look at this team, they're on a record run. But then you would be like, oh, but the Spurs are only two games back. And nobody's talking about the Spurs nearly as much. Yeah, the Spurs are also like statistically one of the best teams of all time. Like this this year's Spurs team is one of the best teams of all time. Yeah, yeah. It just happened to be going up against the best team of all yeah. time. Like you, know, you barely heard anything about it. They're like, oh, the Spurs are, you know, close yeah. behind. But the Warriors got this record. And right. they're like, well, you know, the Spurs are pretty, pretty good too. The other interesting take that I kind of uh, thought about over the weekend was um, the, uh, the finals. You know, these teams are going to beat each other up pretty significantly. Oh, yeah. Steph's already hurt. I mean, these, these series are going to go, you know, six or seven games in most cases. Um, 
Cleveland is going to waltz into this finals. Oh, yeah, definitely. Completely full of rest, completely in sync, firing all cylinders. So one of two things can happen out of here, and one of two takes can happen out of here. One thing is Cleveland's going to be completely rested and be much harder to take down in the finals for whatever Western Conference team comes out of there. Yeah. The other take that can come out is um, Cleveland is not really playing high-end competition. No, I mean, they're not playing the highest of competition. Atlanta was supposed like a top defensive team, though. Yeah. And the Cleveland kind of just sliced through them. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think that you're going to be you know, setting the NBA record for most threes in a game kind of thing. No, pr- the- probably not. But you can, I mean, if you're against, <laughs> against the Warriors, yeah, you might. Maybe. It might be just a battle of who can get more. If it's against the Spurs, absolutely not. And if it's against the Thunder, I mean, I guess who knows. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to kind of think about, like, what is, this, what is the implications here of Cleveland just absolutely – that's their second sweep, right? That's, yeah, it's their second sweep. They're going to at least get a few days extra rest now because the Toronto series is at least going yeah. another two games because it's only 2-1. Right. And then so you say you think about that, you get a sweep there. Yeah. And then whoever's in the Western Conference final, I highlight out it's going to be a sweep. Right. I'm guessing it's going six, seven games. So then, you know, Cavs are going to get an extra week of rest probably. That's another amount of time they get off. They're just getting rest right. constantly, which is great for them because LeBron, the more rest he gets, I think the harder he's going to play. The more rest Caleb gets, the more rest Irving gets, just the rest of any ailing things from the regular season that might still be lingering. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think that um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not 100% sure where it's going here because I think that either – I think it'll be good for that resting you know, aspect of it, but at the same time, you know, Kyrie Irving is such a groove player that if you take too much time off, I'm concerned that maybe he's not exactly going to be able to, you know, get it up for every game, kind of like he has been over the last few games. But Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it affected him in this series. It's true. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Okay, so that's the NBA playoffs mostly. Do we have any other hot takes on that right now? Not really. I mean, basically we said everything we need to. Yeah, like, it's The Toronto series, uh, Heat series is going to go, I think it's just going to go two games more. Without Whiteside... I'm backtracking I, a little bit. I think, I think the, the Raptors, Raptors will probably just, gonna, just end up pulling it out. Yeah, I mean, you got Wade now and Drogic versus DeRozan and Lowry. In that scenario, Ugh, you've got to go with me. the guys from the Raptors. Literally kill me. overall better. <laughs> no, don't, please don't Wade can't, watch. Wade can't do what he did in Game 3, yeah. which they still lost and keep doing that every night. Yeah. His, his knees just won't allow it. I mean, good for him for really kind of turning back the clocks this, yeah. this, this playoffs, uh, you know, 2016 playoffs and making it look like old D-Wade. Um, okay, cool. The other stuff that we wanted to talk about today was going to be some a little bit of MLB stuff. Um, fun you know, weekend in the MLB. Fun week, yeah. Uh, we had a couple interesting things happen. We've had a uh, we've had a lot of Red Sox Yankees. Um, so for a series that has really not, uh, for a rivalry that has really kind of um, been for all intents and purposes dead the last couple years. Yeah, I mean you haven't seen that much excitement since Manny and those guys left. I mean, one of the bat- last big moments ever was the Veritech A Rod brawl. At right. Fenway. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got to, we've had some moments before, yeah, you know, since then since, too. But you know, that so, was like when it was the top of its game. So we we've got some, but we've had some interesting series there. Um, you know, Ortiz uh, homered in Yankee Stadium to tie um, Carl Yastrzemski is the second all time, and then he passed that a little bit days later. So Ortiz is now the um, second in uh, a second all time in home runs in Red Sox history behind, behind Ted Williams. Ted Williams yeah. 
pretty wild. He won't catch Ted, but... He won't catch Ted, and he also had a wonderful, wonderful George Brett-esque oh, moment. Um, Well-deserved, though. Well-deserved, yeah. Um, bottom of the ninth, a, a few days ago, Red Sox-Yankees. Uh, top of the ninth, excuse me, Red Sox-Yankees. Um, bases loaded uh, with one out. David Ortiz is up. The Red Sox are down one, and um, the, uh, the umpire... Basically, the, 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 the ball was, in, was basically at David Ortiz's ankles. <laughs> and the umpire calls strike three. Um, that basically, more for all intents and purposes, ends the game. Um, so, you know, Ortiz is not happy with it. Ends up, um, you know, ends up kind of going through, uh, you know, all the emotions of, of you know, grief, denial, He guilt. basically turned into the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, what am I talking about? He screamed at the guy. Um, and got a, got a nice little ejection. John Farrell got ejected. Um, or Farrell ejection is the interesting one to me because he came out again. Yeah, he came out again. I didn't think you could do that. Y- you can't. You, so he's going to get a nice little fine by the MOB. Yeah. So Farrell, before that uh, pitch that ended at the at bat for Ortiz, there was another call that was a little iffy. Yeah, that, uh, that one's bad too. Uh, Farrell came out because Ortiz kind of got a little annoyed. You could see it. Uh, Farrell came out a little beforehand and got ejected. Right. Left the dugout, came back in, which you're not supposed to do. Right. And then when Ortiz struck out on the pitch that clearly was a ball, everybody in the world knew it was a ball, except the umpire behind home plate. When asked about it, he said it looked right down the middle to me. Yeah. Which means he needs his eyes checked. Yeah, that was And then as Ortiz garbage. walked to the dugout, he gave a nice little smirk, which I think is really what set Ortiz off. Because Ortiz took it. He left. He wasn't arguing that strike. He was just like, you know what? I'm just going to walk to the dugout. Saw that little smirk, came storming back out, and then Farrell came out to restrain him, which means he came back into the dugout. Big no-no in the MLB. You get ejected, you don't pull a Bobby Valentine and put on a mustache and hang out in the dugout. Yeah, can't do that. Can't do that. So he's probably looking at probably at least ten to 20000 in fines. Yeah. That would be my guess. Um, so it was also a big week for Ortiz. He was, um, he was uh, cast to play himself in the new Mark Wahlberg Patriots Day movie about the Boston Marathon bombings. Nobody can play Poppy like Poppy. No one can play Poppy like Poppy. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, David Ortiz having a big week. Uh, a lot of home runs, a lot of ejections. Another two on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the guy, the Stephen Wright for the Red Sox, the knuckleballer, is the moving, knuckler, dude. just was moving and dancing all night. Ortiz is really turning back the clocks this year so far. He's he's had quite a few he's quite a few dingers. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think he's up to like nine or ten now. Yeah, it's one of those things that everybody's kind of discussing. Uh, why is he retiring? And the simple answer is, you don't want to retire when you're on the decline. He's still doing what he's been doing his whole career. He knows he's not going to be able to do this much yeah. longer. He's just going to get out while he's still hot and while people still love him and not booing him at, right. bl- at bats. Red Sox are really interesting this year. They have the most runs in baseball right now. Yeah. Um, their bullpen is obviously the place where – the bullpen and back of the rotation is obviously the place where they're going to get hurt this year if they do. You know, they've got Kimbrel to kind of save, and they've got, you know, Tazawa and Yui Hara can kind of help out at some points as well. Smith coming back. They have Smith coming back. Um, Price is, you know, always in the top five in strikeouts, so he's going to be there. Except uh, right now, Price is struggling a little bit. Well, he's struggling a bit. Yeah, yeah he's still I mean, getting his strikeouts, and then what he's missing, though, he's missing pretty it's, bad. It's, it's one of those weird things. He's the ace guy. He's looked like an ace in three starts with two earned runs, and then yeah. three others. He's given up 19 earned runs. Yeah, that'll be pretty interesting. I think they are going to end up winning the AL East. Just, uh, it's going to be between them and Baltimore, but we'll have to see. Unless Toronto finally starts putting it together. But. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that that's going on right now, Toronto. Toronto was such a... Offensively, they just don't look like they have. Right. You I mean, but they, they, 
there's going to be a point when they pull it together with Batista, Donaldson, Tulowitzki. Like that that lineup is just way too potent for them not to put it together at yeah. some point. But then it's up to their pitching also to step up. Yeah, and that's the other. Question. You just know that they're going to have that like you know one or two month run like in like June or July where it's just like oh Toronto They'll is getting like all of the dingers. They could get a wild card. Yeah, I think so. Um, cool. The other one that's kind of fun, uh, Bartolo Colon. Bartolo, big sexy. Big sexy, dude. First home run of his career. Oh, uh, and it was a beauty. It looked good. It looked gorgeous. Yeah. What a, what a, uh, San what a Diego Giselle. backdrop. The, that, the fact that he homered in San Diego, too, is unbelievable because no one can homer in San Diego. No, just it's like that, impossible to homer in San Diego. The swing in general was just beautiful. It was kind of just like that one handed let go, and all of a sudden he just noticed the ball flying. Yeah. Uh, funny stat for me was they said. Nyquist in the Kentucky Derby ran the final quarter of a mile in like 27 seconds or yeah. so, something around that. But Bartolo Colon took 31 seconds to run four bases. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that seems about right. That does seem about right. I yeah. was like, did he walk around? And they showed the video. He, he was jogging. It just didn't look like a jog. Bartolo Colon is really one of the, the last few um, remnants of an old age of baseball where you could drink a ton of beer and smoke cigarettes and still be decent at your sport. Yeah, I mean, he's, he was, uh, he's been around forever. The Expos, the Angels. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, been, he's been around the league for a while. It hasn't been until he's gotten on the Mets, though, and he's had to actually hit that like, his persona has really come out, I feel like. Just watch any watch any at bat Bartolo has. It's it's its own comedy in itself. Yeah. Anytime that you could say that someone's been on the Expos, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's something to be said about but, that. But I mean, helmet flying like every other pitch. He looks like Hanley swinging the bat with the helmet flying off. Just not the same results. Yeah. Except for this time. Yeah. Exactly. That home run. I mean, it was. You cool. could tell by the crowd, the dugout reaction, just how funny it is and how great everybody thinks it is. Yeah. It took over Twitter. I mean, you had the Derby, you had NBA playoffs. Bartolo's home run was the highlight of the night for most people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah fun, for, fun sports weekends. Yeah. Um, okay, any other um, MLB notes that you want to throw out there? You want to talk about Bryce yeah. Harper a little yeah, bit? Yeah, the, the Bryce Harper thing this week was amazing. For n- None of you that saw it or followed the series all, the Cubs and Nationals faced off. Two of the top teams in the National League. Uh, in general, the Cubs have just been on a hot streak. They ended up sweeping the Nationals, which a lot of people didn't expect because... Just you think two good teams, you're going to get one or two games out of that series. But uh, one of the reasons the Cubs probably had so much success was Bryce Harper was not allowed to basically swing the bat. Yeah, basically Joe Madden took took the stance of we are not letting Bryce Harper beat us this series. Yeah, so Bryce Harper is 23, 24 years old. And you would think like, oh, hey, you know, he's good. He's like on a hot streak sometimes. He's going to be one of the up-and-comers. But in general, they just decided, you know what, we're going to take the bat out of his hand. They walked him. He yesterday did not record a single at bat. He ended up getting walked six times, hit by a pitch on the other at bat. So in a 13 inning game, he had no official at bat. And that's, I mean, just for people who don't know baseball that well, that's incredibly tough to do. That's very hard to do. Like at some point, like, you know, in any game, like you can just accidentally have things happen. You, you can, can just barely swing the bat and hit the ball a dribbler. That's in a bat. Yeah, exactly. Like you can just like you can strike out just like not even trying yeah. in baseball. The fact that he got walked, he was walked a total of thirteen times in the series, which it's like the most walks in a series in a, like 20, 30 years, I think I read somewhere. It's some a very it's been a long time in general. But I mean, thirteen times you you did not let the guy have a swing. No, and it's just uh, it's interesting to see how people are going to be playing him going forward. 
Um, I mean, I hope this doesn't continue because then we're looking at like what Barry Bonds did towards the end of his career. And I don't really want to see that for Bryce Harper's career at such a young age. Yeah, I get that. I think it's kind of interesting, though, when you hit that next level of superstar in baseball, it's like there is a level of superstar that you can kind of hit, like the next level, where pitchers are, are pitching you much differently than they have in the past. Yeah. Like there's, there's a point where people, you know, know your tendencies, know what you like, you know? Everybody makes adjustments. Exactly. But it's like sometimes, like... You know, you're going to be pitching Bryce Harper differently than you're going to be pitching, I don't know, uh, you know, whoever, you know. Mike Trout, even. Yeah, Mike Trout. Or even, like, you know, just like a replacement-level player on the Nationals. Like, Bryce Harper is getting pitched better than, he, than you know, the number nine guy in the Nationals. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're going to be going at him differently. Like, people know what you like to hit. You're going to be we feeding him a few more sliders and curves compared to the fast ones that the number nine guy might Yeah, get. but, like, we just, like, we know what your we know what your preferences are, and we can pitch you differently now. And this, that... That is the real measure of the superstar player in my mind is how you respond when people start making adjustments for you. It's the same way with the Steph, with Steph Curry. Um, basically, like, how will you respond when, when people know exactly where you like to get the ball and when? Yeah, exactly. And breaking news with Steph breaking Curry. Breaking news, yeah, while, I, we're, we, while we're on the air. While we're recording this at 8-something in the morning on Monday, we just get breaking news that Steph Curry is most likely to be named MVP of the NBA this year. Second time in a row. Is that surprising to you at all? No. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That's all I got to really say about that. Yeah. It's not surprising. Not surprising at all. The most surprising thing about the whole Steph Curry thing this year was the fact that he was like number six in uh, most improved player. That was a little weird to me. Yeah, I mean, this year he was. Yeah, this year he was. He was number like six in the most improved. That doesn't surprise me either, though, because like he he like if you look at so five thirty eight is the ESPN um, data driven uh, journalist website. Yeah. Basically, what they did is they went through and and. Some of the graphs that they did this this year on Steph Curry are just unbelievable. He he's he adds more points per possession to the, his team than anyone in the history of the game. That's without playing the fourth quarter. A That's lot. without playing the fourth quarter a lot. And it's just like he, so if you look at what he did this year versus what he did last year, it's leaps and bounds better. Like it's kind it of is, unbelievable. But it's one of those things that like I know you you're can't. Gonna get, you're gonna get MVP. Let, let somebody else. I mean, McCullough ended up winning Most Improved, but. Don't vote for him for that. I know you can't get, end up getting most improved player if you've already won the MVP, but it's like, like I don't see how you can physically get better than he was this year. I'd be like, oh, hey, LeBron won his first MVP. You know what? Ne- most improved next year because he won it again. Well, the thing is that LeBron has always been pretty consistent. LeBron has always LeBron has basically thrown up a twenty-eight seven and seven. Like realistically, during the during the, like the regular season, it's like it's been a twenty four seven yeah. and seven, and during the playoffs, and especially for a guy in his position, that's just unheard of. He's been like a twenty four six and six in the regular season, or twenty four seven seven, and then like a twenty eight nine and nine in like the playoffs. the playoffs. Yeah. So like he's consistently done that, whereas Steph Curry has just been on a upwards traje- trajectory over the past few years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can kind of see where people would justify most improved player. Yeah. So. Um, not to steal the thunder away from Bryce Harper, but no. um, yeah, breaking news. We had we had to cover it in the sports stance. Exactly, but no, no. Back to Bryce. Yeah, that's just it was an incredible thing to happen in general. Joe Madden wanted nothing to do with him. Basically, came out and said, "Listen, I'll let anybody on the Nationals beat me, but I'm not going to let him beat me." Yeah, he was like, "I don't want to be the one that gets him on a hot streak. Let yeah. other teams deal with him." So it'll be interesting if it comes playoff time down the road in October, if the two end up meeting by some chance. How they manage that series. Because in some ways, you might have to let Bryce hit. And yeah. And we'll see how they handle that. Realistically. 
So the last thing that we wanted to talk about today was going to be a little bit of PGA Tour. We have a, a, a big major coming up this weekend. Yeah, the PGA Players Championships coming up this weekend. Yeah, uh, 100%. James, um, you know a lot about golf, don't you? <laughs> yeah, so I am really not a big golf guy. I know uh, I know uh, some stuff here or there. I've worked on a golf course. Um, Haven't hit your prime golf years? Yeah, for, for you know during my youth, I worked in a golf course. Um, you know, cutting greens and doing the damn thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, like, I, I, but I just really don't know enough about it. Um, so the players championship is this weekend. We know that Tiger's not going to be there. Yeah. He's not going to be competing, which I think is a smart call. He did register for it, but yeah, that, did you read that piece about Tiger Woods that Wright Thompson did for ESPN a couple I, weeks ago? I haven't yet. I need to. I heard it was really good. It's pretty unbelievable. It basically goes through, um, Tiger's, um, uh, obsession with the Navy SEALs. Yeah. Um, and his, uh, you know, basically kind of stemming from his dad um, being a Green Beret, um, you know, would go through pretty intensive Navy SEAL training um, while he's being a professional golfer. Turns out not similar skill sets on your body. No, not really. Not yeah. At all. So, um, you know, there's there is some reports about how he would be running like four miles or so in like combat boots. And like that could partially have contributed to his ACL uh, problems, like like the, during those like late two thousands runs yeah, that, that he make, did. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's never really had a chance to let his knee, you know, heal. He's a physical freak. He'll he'll constantly oh, yeah. go out and kind of do um, all of like the basic training and boot camp routines that they have Navy SEALs go through yeah, and no, stuff like that. He, I knew he was a big Navy SEALs guy. Like he, I've seen photos and stuff from all the years. Yeah. Him hanging out with guys. Stuff yeah. Like that. And he would throw himself out of helicopters and do all this kind of stuff. It's wild. He has his, um, he has his parachuting, um, certificate or whatever the hell you need. He's, he's an overall interesting guy. He's a weird dude. Yeah. Um, but so he, but he's not, so we should probably stop talking about him because he's not playing this weekend. He's not. I mean, I don't expect to see Tiger he's, for at least a few more but months. But he's always he's going to cast a shadow over the sport for the next few years yeah. until like he really officially retires. Yeah, I mean, but he's not going to probably officially retire for another few years unless he gets another injury. Then he may have to call it quits, which would be a shame because you don't want to see one of the greats go down due to back injury. You want to see him leave on his own terms. Exactly. And uh, But the only other thing I'll say about Tiger is I've loved, after that story came out, I loved how he put out a video like, showing, like, he can still swing. Yeah. There was another time, like, a few weeks before that, somebody was, like, Tiger is bedridden. He can't even move. Yeah. And he put up a video of him showing up off of driving swings and stuff. So, it was just, like, either somebody's being really meticulous with where they post this, knowing he's going to do this that day, or Tiger's just, like, you know what? I don't care if I'm bedridden. I'm getting out of bed to swing a club. Yeah. To put a video up and prove people wrong. So, as far as golf goes to the average, like, casual fan like me, like, I'll throw on, like, the major tournaments every once in a while. I'll throw, throw on, on the Sundays. Masters. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll throw on Sundays. So, what the, go- what the golf world needs for casual fans like me is guys like Jordan Spieth and McElroy to consistently show up to these things. Yeah, you need right? the young guys to show up. You need, you need the old-timers that have been around, like, Phil... Everybody loves Phil Mickelson. Everyone loves I don't Phil. know many people that hate Phil Mickelson. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that you just kind of root for. You don't know why. He just seems like the guy that you would. My parents love Phil Mickelson. Exactly. Yeah. He's people a that don't know guy. golf, they're like, name me like three golfers. would be like Phil Tiger Nicholson. Woods, Phil Mickelson, and uh, Arnold Speed, Palmer because now. I drink his uh, iced tea. Yeah, exactly. That's like a casual person. But yeah, so for, for the casual fan, the main storylines that I see going in this thing is is Spieth's how he's going to bounce back after that massive choke in the Masters. There's no other yeah. way to describe it. I mean, he has come out saying he now can laugh about it, which is good. 
but at the same time, you wonder if he's just saying that as a prop. Yeah, I mean, so he's he's obviously one of the most talented players in the entire world. Oh yeah, by far. He, he, maybe maybe number one in at terms least of the, the sheer majors. Talent. I mean, yeah, regular tournaments, he's pretty good. But yeah. it seems like he just kicks it up a notch for majors, and his putting is on a whole nother level than a lot of guys. Yeah. So the question is, like, how do you how do you respond in the face of failure? You know, how do you have Jordan Spieth come back and try to reestablish himself at, at the top there? Yeah, and I mean, the battle this weekend is going to be Spieth, hopefully, McElroy trying to reclaim his throne at the top. I mean, don't forget, uh, two years ago, it was McElroy that was the top dog of the young guns coming up. Yeah. Saying, like, oh, he's going to be the next Tiger. He's won a few ma- few majors under his belt. Like, this is going to be the guy. And then he almost got the yips, basically. Yeah, more or less. For a while, and just couldn't finish off rounds, and it was just horrible to watch. And then Spieth comes out of nowhere last year with a big year. You have Fowler, who won the Players' Championship last year. Yeah. Another young guy. I mean... Is Day playing? Uh, yeah, he should be. Okay. Gotcha. The only thing that's keeping him out of it is if he gets uh, vertigo or one of those things, because that's actually been like an issue the past few months now with him. Interesting. He uh, during the Masters a few times and his back, he had to uh, take some breaks, uh, like kind of get himself together. Yeah, I know that. Still played phenomenal, but I know that uh, I just said Spieth was the most talented, but I would even go out and, on a limb and say that Day is probably just in terms of sheer talent. Yeah, I mean this the young core of golfers coming up. Yeah. I mean, Tiger knows whenever he leaves, he's leaving the sport in good hands. Yeah, I don't think the Tiger cares too much about that. <laughs> I, I think he does to an extent. As much as he doesn't show it, I think he knows he helped build the PGA Tour up to a certain extent. And he wants to see that continue. I mean, he does love golf. He wants to make sure the sport's in good hands. Just like all of the golfers that are going to potentially leave at some point. They want to make sure that they have guys that they know are going to be able to carry the sport. And right now, you have four guys that can clearly carry the sport. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be pretty interesting. So that's the PGA Tour. It's coming up this I want to weekend. know. Just pick one guy. Who do you think is going to win the PGA? I just, I, I, again, I'm not, I just don't know enough about I just want to hear the prediction. Yeah. I want, Spieth? I want Spieth to win the Players' Championship. I want to see someone come back from a big, how do you, you get knocked down. How do you respond? I'd like to see you come back. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think Spieth is going to have a pretty good chance at winning it all. The only other, yeah. I'm gonna, if anything, I would like to see uh, Matt Kuchar uh, just kind of come up. He's one of the older guys. I just, I've always liked watching him. Yeah. He always, he always hits consistently, and uh, I think he has a good chance. Hopefully, if he can just put his game together. But I'd like to see uh, maybe Spieth and him in the final pairing on Sunday. I'd like to see Tom Watson step out of a uh, time machine and get back in here and just Dude, kick Tom, all these young guys' ass. Tom Watson. I mean, <laughs> just watching that guy, it's it's awesome to see the history that he brings. And, like, everybody is, you know, at our age now, especially for somebody like me that does watch golf a decent amount, like, everybody's like, oh, you got to see Palmer, like, his last times. You got to see all these other greats, like, go down the line. And somebody like Watson, I got to see finally, like, in his few rounds. So it's just kind of one of those cool things. You don't get to see that often. You don't get to see guys that have won a lot of majors just kind of pass the trophy along to the next grouping that's coming down after them. Yeah. And it's just kind of fun to see. 100%. All right, man. So um, why don't you go ahead and run through our Twitter handles and kind of all the social media stuff, um, you know, and yeah. uh, we'll uh, we'll get some people some stuff to watch this week. All right, good. Uh, so, uh, again, our Twitter handle is sportsstance underscore. So that's S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-N-C-E underscore. Then you can find us on Vine at The Sports Stamps. Check out a few of the Kentucky Derby Vines we put up this past weekend. Uh, fun things like that. And then on Instagram, we are The Sports Stamps again. So, 
Those are our three major ones. You can look us up on Facebook if you want to. Just type in the sports dance. should see our nice little icon come up. And then besides that, not too much. Maybe one day, if you guys really want it, we'll get on Periscope and uh, Periscope our podcast live. Yeah. Once we get a few of you that really want to see our ugly faces, because I mean... Speak for yourself. I mean, I was talking about you, but I mean, I'm gorgeous, so... And then, guys, if you uh, ever have anything that you'd like us to talk about, next week we'll probably continue to look a little bit more into the NBA playoffs. We'll recap the PGA Players Championship, and then we'll do a little bit more baseball. If you guys have any other topics that you can throw out to us, let us know at those appropriate media, uh, you know, social media handles. Um, we're going to be taking about a week between podcasts now. Yeah, because um, you're going to Seattle. Going to Seattle, baby. Going to the PNW, Pacific Northwest. Ooh. Yeah, I might check out the little Safeco field, see what we got here. I want to nice. see some Mariners. Try to see some Felix Hernandez. Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be out in the streets. I'm gonna be um, protesting the Seattle SuperSonics leaving. Am I late? <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> little bit. A little bit uh, late. I think the protest was last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Never mind. I'll Maybe put, meet up with Richard Sherman. Learn some smack talk. I'll put my signs away. All right. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to Seattle. Bring um, back the glove. So a little, so maybe next week at some point we'll tell you guys when we're gonna be putting everything out. But until then, Greg, uh, it was fun, man. Yeah, it's good, good time. Enjoy your trip to Seattle. All right, check out the market. Thanks, folks. Talk to you soon. Yeah.